what are we standing up for? The ability, the freedom to do what's right as God defines that right. God's the ultimate author of liberty. We don't want government to stand between us and our freedom to do what is right. It was uh, 1861, the northern states and the southern states decided they had different definitions of American governance, and they went to war. We call it the Civil War. By 1865, 600,000 American boys were dead, and depending on what side you were on, the Constitution actually had changed. And um, we're here today to continue the series, What's Next America? We started off by talking about the great threats that China has declared. They have said by 2030, we want to outdo America in influence, in economics, in military might. They've not been secret about it. They've been belligerent about it. And uh, America has been kind of up and down about the response to it. This time I want to talk about this concept of civil discord and the breakdown of civics and civil society and what the Bible has to say about it. I'm Doug Levesque from the Bible Nation Society. Go to BibleNation.org to check us out. I'm here today with Dr. Pastor Jason Georges of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Pastor Georges, I like your Bible Nation uh, shirt. We need to get that merch on the website. You look good. Got the gear, BibleNation.org. Follow us on Facebook or however else you're listening to this. Yeah, get some, get some merch. Uh, this is the um, basically the beginning of summer 2023 as we, as we video this so that you can kind of reference what we're talking about. You know, we don't we don't necessarily set out to be prophetic. We set out to be prepared mm -hmm. and to kind of to kind of preach a little bit and to see where we're at. Uh, um, during the 2020 elections, we had cities burning. We had the media giving mixed messages. We had politicians lying. We had them uh, promising, you know, all kinds of things. And we, we came very close to breakdown of civil society. And people were talking left and right at that point in time. They were talking about civil war. The biggest media heads, the biggest politicians overseas, people were saying, could America really have another civil war? Now, since the election, there's been a lot of to do about were the elections right? There's been a lot of counter protest. There's been, there's been a lot of civil discord, but the talk of civil war has kind of died down just until recently again. And so I thought, well, let's talk about those possibilities. Um, I think when our founding fathers started our country, most of the people had the same order and framework of their civil society, even without a written constitution. Mm -hmm. uh, in that, you know, most people kind of had the Bible and saw that as an order of framework. Mm -hmm. Marriage and family were pretty ideal with everyone. They understood that, what the, what the faux pas were, where the lines were. And morality and justice were very similar as well. Some people talk about, you know, the Salem witch trials and how, you know, we didn't have a good system of justice and things like that. And maybe that was an exception, right? There was something to that. Um, but the, the preciousness of life and the, um, the importance of authority, these were all part of the national construct that then brought them to the same measure of offense universally against their king, Right. And so everyone agreed, probably 30% of the people decided to be, become what they called independents or rebels, right? Not, so it was 30% really against everybody else. 30% probably were 
loyalists, and another 30% were probably just in the middle, going either way, trying to make a buck, right? And, uh, and, and the militants were probably 10%. And so it's funny when you look at civil wars, whether like North and South Vietnam or civil wars in Africa or wherever, they really have similar evolutions on what's going on. And it really starts with this idea of whatever the civil framework was that helped them to succeed and become a nation or a successful society, that, that it begins a breakdown. It begins what I call civil confusion. People are confused. What do you think are some of the things that people are confused about today regarding civics and American politics or American governance? Yeah, no, so you're, you're talking about bygone eras and right. civil societies. Sure. And, and, and at a certain level, the Constitution was a reflection of us, not necessarily the thing that was constraining us. True. So therefore, you lived constitutional, if, right. if I can use it that way. Before it was because you just codified. <laughs> yeah, because that's how we were, right. right? And I was thinking as you were saying that, that you know God is the God of order. Yes, he, he he took out of nothing and created order. Right now, not out of chaos, out of out of nothing. He created out of nothing. Uh, he created order, mm -hmm. so that the, everything is cre in creation is ordered. Yeah, uh, the Bible says he's not the author of confusion. Right, so that means he's the author of order. Right, and so this idea of you know America or civil society, and we also throw out the term sometimes godliness. Right, the, the thought I was having was. Godliness is orderliness. Sure. And, and so there, so when there's a, a society that's inherently godly, right. which I'm not even talking about the specifics of personal relationship with Christ right. uh, or you know denominational theological uh, convictions, I'm just right. talking about this godliness, good right. godliness, goodness. There's a line that a that a godly culture has that's like we just don't go there. We don't we don't murder each other. Right. We don't. We don't take each other's husbands and wives and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, the Ten Commandments, yeah. right? That produces order, right. which is civil order, the Ten Commandments. It's order with our relationship with God mm -hmm. and order with our fellow man. Yeah. Um, but, but you, so as you have removed God mm -hmm. from the social consciousness, mm -hmm. you have the fruit of that is less godliness, yeah. which then has created less order. Right. So then anything that's about order, is dissolved now. So now, where we're at now, not only we have civil disorder, but we have social disorder. Uh, we have psychological disorder, mm -hmm. right? We have mental disorders. I mean, everything is out of order. Broken uh, families. Broken, yeah. right, right. Because the order and and, it, and disorderliness is not seen as a problem. Mm -hmm. Now it's almost seen as a virtue. Right. The more out of order you are, the higher the, your value is. Yeah, and so it's it's easier for. You know, now a large group of confused people that don't really understand the founding. They want to do the 1619 project that, right. you know, forget about 1776. We were just a bunch of slave-owning bigots, mm -hmm. you know, and that's really our history. And so they have this new con new history and then immediately attack the Constitution as a fruit of that, you know. And um, so, so then it's easy today for a large group of people then to be confused and say, well, we're, we're a democracy. We should be like Europe. We should, you know, be... And equity has a different meaning. You yeah. know, everybody should have the same dollar amount or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they, they're confused in, in that uh, regard. And so they begin to say, well, let's redo the Constitution. Or let's redefine the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Let's have a new social contract. And so the confusion leads to the breakdown of respecting and keeping the Constitution. And so... 
you have constant attack upon the Constitution. Even legislators and judges and civil society now is just kind of disregarding the Constitution. And it's up to somebody to challenge that and take it to court and bring it back into place. Rather than right up front, people were like, well, that's unconstitutional. And people would say, well, then, okay. And they would get another plan. But now the plan is, you know, unobstructed in that we're just going to do what we want. And it doesn't have to be constitutional. We'll challenge it just by groupthink and, you know, mass uh, execution of, uh, of, of some other ideal. And, um, and so like our last elections then, even though the Constitution kind of delineates what, what uh, elections are and how they're to work, people just said, well, forget the Electoral College, right? And people just said, you know, forget the fair election. And really, it's just about getting the person that we want in there. So the, the, the confusion lets people accept this idea of doing away with constitutional America. Mm. And I think that confusion is broad. Um, we're not really teaching civics well. And so young people and college students and young adults, as, as well as um, old and maybe seemingly meaningful older adults, are just kind of sliding into this um, unconstitutional mind. Yeah, this, this critique of the Constitution and openness to whatever. I call it confusion. Yeah. They're open to something else. I call it confusion. Yeah, no, so you are you kind of open with the idea of the media and what it's reporting. Yeah. And of course, we would say at a certain level they are inciting. Right. Uh, but before they can incite, there has to be, and I think this is what you were just alluding to, mm -hmm. there has to be ignorance of civil order. Right. And, and so, and that's, you know, we're, we're reaping the fruits of yeah. 40, 50 years yeah. of, of de-emphasizing um, civics. Yes. I mean, now our your your middle schooler in a public school or your high schooler yeah. in a public school is not uh, learning a civics class like you learned, right? Of three branches of government right. and checks and balances and how laws or, are passed, or like we'll go to war to defend the Constitution or free government. Or they're not learning anything. No, 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 they, no. They, it's like nothing. nothing. Now, now, at best, in their civics class, if they still call it that, they're learning about social justice. So, so the the confusion now is wholesale. And it's institutionalized. Right. And so we're, we're past uh, civic confusion. It's pretty universal now. Now, now we definitely are in civic discord mm -hmm. because we're not having real conversations anymore. We're having loud arguments from different perspectives that can't come together. The media is not helping us. The, the legislators and the government, I mean, all that we have is maybe some courts. Mm -hmm. But that's, is it this court or is it that court? And you can keep challenging the court. And so the Supreme Court becomes all-encompassing and all-important. Uh, but even that now is compromised right. in, in how they're behaving and what they think they can do. And that, that was kind of the last of the three, wasn't yeah, it? Right. That the, the the Supreme Court, I, I would say probably at a certain level, the the um, legislative branch was probably compromised first. Sure. It, it, there's always been corruption right. in the House and the Senate, and you hear, and in the presidency because because we have term limit yeah. and it rotates, yeah. it kind of has its ebb and flow. But the Supreme Court has always just been the bastion. Right. It was kind of almost immutable. Right. Uh, but now, even now, it's come into question. You know, um, because we have let's people not just pick on Democrats. But, you know, Richard Nixon basically used his power right. to execute some spying on the Democrats, and it wasn't just spying on whether or not they were communists; it was spying on their election. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he won. But then that all came out, and he didn't know how to counter that, you know. And so 
Republicans have gotten better at, and more savvy at, at media and spin and all that kinds of stuff. But that's not how you counter corruption by being corrupt, you know. And then and then Bill Clinton comes out and he goes, well, it depends what is is. This right. is in the grand jury. Right. And so we're, there's confusion of language. There's confusion of, you know, is is uh, it's a linking verb. Mm-hmm. And is means that the, the, the subject and the object are equal. Mm-hmm. And so obviously he had to kind of fight then what the meaning of that word was. And that's legal vang- jangling, you know, in the courtroom. And so, you know, yeah, our, we've elected these people. And now we've got a Trump circus and we've got a, a Biden old folks home. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, respectively, but we're in a, we're past confusion. We're in a period of discord and it's of our own doing. Mm-hmm. It's probably God's hand, you know, uh, of giving us what we deserve. Well, we've but forsaken what, the fruit of order by forsaking his principles. We're, we're seeing more and more breakdown. Yeah. We're seeing more and more breakdown. So law enforcement is becoming more corrupt or more violent or more one-sided. Because they have to. They don't have a choice. They're being pushed into this ebb and flow. And, um, and in some cases, uh, societies are saying, well, we don't want law enforcement. We want peace officers. And they don't have arresting powers. And, and they're really strapped on pulling out a weapon and protecting themselves or anybody else for that matter. And so then we begin to have lawless society. And so that's civic breakdown. Mm. And um, we, we had a, a podcast where we talked about all these mass shootings. And, of course, the left says there's too many guns and we're, we're a gun society. But we've always been a gun society. Mm-hmm. We've, always, we've always had that. So what's different now? And we talked about, you know, cultural views and education. And so, you know, civic confusion leads to civic discord. And we're entering the time of civic breakdown. Are we going to have a good election? Mm-hmm. Are we going to have fair media? Or is the media, can they slander and... and and libel uh, all the way through an election and then not be responsible for it, right? Um, what else about, about civic breakdown? Um, if you have all these in, inflationary periods, which I think we should talk about maybe next podcast, uh, then, you, then you have economic challenges. And with China pressing down on one end and, and civic breakdown on the other, you know, no wonder the inflationary process is going to come. And when, when people can't buy bread, beans, peanut butter for their family, then what's left? Mm. Then the breakdown is going to become to the the cusp of civil war. That's why people were talking about it three years ago. That's why it's coming back up again before this um, next election. And uh, obviously, I think that's horrible because that will be the end of the United States. The United States has had some civil confusion, civil discord, civil breakdown in the past, but that Constitution has been strong. And, you know, that Bible culture... Mm-hmm. Has been strong, but now we, we we live in a day where it seems like it's cracking. Right, you know, it seems it seems like it's cracking, and so you know even we used to rely on um, what I would call NASCAR Americans. They, they weren't necessarily Sunday school going folks, but they were holding it together. Um, now we have um, you know beer drinkers. At least the Bud Light drinkers still. They're, they're rejecting their have beer. A certain level yes. of godliness left it of that they just will not tolerate yes and i don't really want to refer to hollywood but that that uh, that old film the patriot right uh, with mel gibson and you had the preacher and you had the churchgoers but then you also had the swamp bar uh guys you know yeah. fighting together those were the two elements that had to come together to make it happen yeah. you know the the virtue and the vice 
uh, to come and you know fight all that kind of stuff. And I, I think if we do go to that, even in one city or one state, it's going to break things down. Mm-hmm. For instance, you're from Texas. Mm-hmm. So Texas is just, uh, the legislature has put out to vote on uh, basically going to the gold standard themselves mm-hmm. and, and kind of printing their own money. It would be American dollars, but it would be from the Texas Treasury or whatever. And so I'm not sure that that passed. I haven't followed that all the way. But that was that is definitely something that the Texas legislature put forth and that the governor said that he would look at. And so I would think if one state did something like that, we're, we're right back in 1861 again. Right. Because if you break the dollar, you're breaking the social contract. Well, the, the dollar, in God we trust, yeah. the federal note is yeah. what binds us together. Sure. I mean, and that's what Hamilton realized uh, in the foundation, yeah. that this couldn't hold together without yeah. a national bank. Uh, in a federal reserve system or a federal system yeah. in that sense, later, you know, federal, federal, federal reserve. And of course it was, uh, purchased or it was brought in on the back of war debt. Yeah. And so the States were controlled. Right. They, they were in debt to the war or the revolutionary war. Federal government took it over, uh, bought their debt and in essence bought their allegiance. Yes. And, and so that dollar, so if we can, if a state can break from the dollar, then the union breaks apart. It dissolves because right. other states will do that. Years ago, I, I told you, I said, you know, we do have this conservative shift through the middle of the country away from the coasts. Mm-hmm. And I said, what if like Michigan and Indiana and Missouri and, and uh, Arkansas and Oklahoma and Texas, you know, what if there was this breakaway, you know, civic breakdown right. and these these states decided to become something else. What well, we call that, and you affectionately said we call that Texas. Yeah, we call it Texas. <laughs> Listen, you know, Texas was a nation. We, we know how to be a nation. Lone star. Yeah, Lone we, star. We, know how, we know how to be a nation. We were a nation right. uh, well into the 1800s. I, and In 1836, I yeah. Texas war for independence. Yeah. Uh, and then we win uh, because, yeah, um, San Jacinto yeah. uh, and... What was I can't remember the Mexican. Houston or oh, uh, who we beat the Mexican guy. Oh, oh, yeah, the Mexican Napoleon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, he'll come to me. Anyways, yeah. my Texas civics teacher was gonna <laughs> kill me. Uh, yeah, but but anyways, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Texas, Texas knows what to do. Just follow our lead. You know, Israel, uh, Judah, and um, and Israel. Yeah, they were one nation, Israel, and then they divided uh, after Solomon, and. We had the northern tribes, Israel, and we had the southern uh, tribe, Judah, and it was a civil. It was a civil war. They were at odds. The the ebb and flow. The, it was confusion. It was discord. It was breakdown. And then there was open war at times. And then, of course, uh, enemies saw that, and they got in the break. The Assyrians came and took away the northern kingdom, and then the Babylonians came away and finally defeated uh, the southern kingdom. And then we have this diaspora. Today we talk about the lost 10 tribes or the northern tribes. And that's really where that idea comes from. Mm-hmm. Is they had the civil war. The enemies came in, defeated them, sent them to the four corners of the earth. And then some of those tribes have been lost. And even today, you know, who's of what tribe, etc., etc. And uh, even today, Israel still, they're a nation again. But there's a grand diaspora. There's questioning on who is a Jew and what is a Jew and what tribe are you from and how do you know, etc., etc., and um, Santa and then, Anna. Yeah, Santa Anna. There you go. Yeah. Um, but they're having civil confusion about their courts. Right. And they're having civic discord. We got hundreds of thousands of Jews in the streets against their own government while danger's upon them. 
And, um, and so the enemies see that. And so, so a, a, a bit of civic breakdown becomes civil war. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the story of Israel. Man, we should learn from that because we have had that. I mean, the Revolutionary War was a civic breakdown mm-hmm. and what became a civil war, really. We mm-hmm. called it a Revolutionary War of Independence, but it was a civil war of Englishmen. The civil war we had, and it was costly, and we had to do um, uh, reconstruction, mm-hmm. you know, and that we and we call it period of reconstruction in history, and we have a couple chapters to it. And we study it, but it wasn't that clean, mm-hmm. you know. It was, it was expensive. It was difficult. The best thing that we had is we had expansion, mm-hmm. we had growth, and that's something that that uh, we could have. And at the same time, Europe was having all kinds of wars. They were having a multiplicity of small wars, and so that that gave us. Um, you know, a breakdown. And, and it comes down to economic forces, right? Right. Uh, because even the Civil War ultimately was not initiated on a moral issue. Now, that was the that yep. was the catapult or the catalyst, right? right. But it was an economic issue. Mm-hmm. Do this, that the Southern states have the ability to govern their own economy? Could right. they have their own way of life? Right. Uh, and of course, it changes from that. But even you reference the Civil War in Israel, the Northern right. Kingdoms and the, and, and the Southern Kingdoms. But that also, the... the the, the the tip of the spear, the, the breaking point was an economic thing, right? Because uh, Rehoboam succeeds uh, Solomon, his mm-hmm. father, uh, as the king. Uh, there is a conference held. The northern tribes aren't very happy with Rehoboam, and so they make an appeal. And basically, the appeal is: your father was very hard on us on taxes. Yeah. Will you will you, will you alleviate this? Rehoboam, the old counselor, said, you, "Hey, your dad was pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, you ought to alleviate the taxes." The young counselors. Which always gives us, yeah. you know, some, who do you listen to? Yeah, yeah. Uh, said, uh, no, go harder on them. Yeah. Uh, he institutes a greater tax, and now you the, the kingdom is the kingdom's divided. So yeah, I mean, an inflationary period kind of is going with that, right. and you know, so people have to respond, have to answer that, um, and 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 so you know, how do you battle the confusion? I mean, we say education, but I mean, churches have to get involved in civic education. Right. You know, you, you got to preach the gospel and get people saved. But I think churches have a sense of that and, and should take their role. The government has a role, but so does the church. Right. And so does the family. Families have to draw a line and say the government doesn't come here. That's part of civic education is knowing that your family uh, has rights. How do you solve civic discord? Um, I think we ought to shrink the influence of parties. Because everybody says, we're a two-party system. Well, we could be a ten-party system if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Not a parliamentary system, but just we could have different parties and different ideals. But the grip, the grip of, of, of uh, parties, they say that they're different, but they're ultimately the same. If you were to look even, say, here in Michigan, at uh, who is the top governing councils of the Republican Party and Democratic Party, you're talking about kind of quiet, no-name people who are lawyers that work for the same law firms. Right, right. And so the corporations are hiring right. lawyers to work, and that way, either way a Democrat or Republic wins, the corporations right. are able to are able to function. Right, and right. so, yeah, the, the moral issues are not a matter for them. Uh, and then how do you combat civil breakdown? And um, I think we've got to reject just some of the vitriol that's on social media or in there and try to love our neighbor as ourself. Which, you know, I would hope people would give me a wide margin of love. Right. And so we do have to give people a, lot, a, a wide margin of love. You know, if, you, if your neighbor's opposite you in every single way, then you have to say, this is America. You have a right to do that. You don't have a right to libel and slander. You don't have a right to public um, display of 
of violence or anything like that. But as much as you have that, then you have to give me that, you know, as well. And um, and then maybe the best way to stop civil war mm-hmm. is to talk about it. Sure. Is, is to talk about it. What would happen? You know, most of that 600,000 soldiers didn't die in the actual battles. They, they died from starvation. Yep. They, they died disease. from disease. Yep. And that's always the case yep. anywhere. You know, Napoleon's guys marched to Russia, then marched back. But it was the winter and that the got hardship. them. It was the, was, it was the lack of. And so, um, you know, that ties into the economic and inflation, inflationary uh, people. But, you know, we don't want civil war. Let's work hard at battling the civic breakdown, civic right. discord, civic confusion, prayer. Um, you know, it's hard to unite as Christians, different kinds of Christians. Some Christians right. think that baptism equals salvation. Some Christians think that um, salvation is free. Some people think that salvation is none of your business. God does it all. Yeah. And it's, so it's hard to get together and have the same kind of vision. Um, but, but our forefathers did that. There's a lot of different Christians from Christian perspective, and they all feared God. They all had this idea of loving your neighbor, live and let live. And... And so I think we have to educate ourselves on that a little bit and at least try. Especially in the civil context. Yeah. Which I'm distinguishing from the church context. Sure. But especially in the civil context, there are some greater unifying principles. Mm -hmm. There is a God. Mm -hmm. He has declared himself in his word. Yes. You know, Jesus Christ is king. Yes. Okay, so there's some... There There is a judgment. Right. Right is right, wrong is wrong. Yeah, there's a judgment day. There's a reckoning. Uh, a man has to be accountable. Right. To, you know, he's accountable to something higher than himself. Uh, this is why, you know, even in a courtroom, we swear upon a Bible. And so, Christianity in the civic, in the civil sphere, yeah. operates under these grand principles. Right now, in the church sphere, it has to be. Uh, it it operates differently. Right. Because it's dis- it, it's distinctive. Yeah. Uh, in its doctrine, it's distinctive. Yeah. Uh, in its mode and operation, and, and I'm I am. Uh, humble enough to, to to think because you and I are both yeah. of sincere conviction sure. about certain things. Yeah. I mean, we we identify ourselves as Baptists, yeah, uh, and so we would, and even particular type of Baptists sure. within the context of that. Uh, but we're also uh, humble enough to realize when we get to heaven, we're going to see God's great working of His plan and realize He used different flavors to Absolutely. accomplish the the great recipe that He was yeah. producing. He, he turned the hearts of despots to to make things work. Yeah, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think these are some of the ways that we're getting to civil war. This is the thing we, our ears need to listen for. This is the conversations we need to have. This is the, the way that we need to set ourselves. I hate to say, you know, arm yourself, organize yourself, and fight. Um, I, I, and so, I, you know, I could never say that because I love my country, and I, and I think civil war is the end of it. You know, the best you could say is prepare yourself, maybe arm yourself, and defend yourself because... You know, if a man doesn't provide for his family, he's worse than an infidel. Uh, but that that's, even that's only there after civic breakdown. Mm. Even that's, you know, only there after civic breakdown. So America's definitely in decline. We're having a lot of uh, trouble. We are a house divided. Our enemies see that. This is why we talked about uh, the, the Chinese endgame, you mm. know, the Chinese checkmate. Uh, sometimes it seems like, you know, they've got us. They're playing the slow game. They've been playing it for a while. And, uh, and, um, you know, it seems like we can counter them, but we got to get it together in, in mm-hmm. order to, to counter them. But, you know, civic confusion that we're facing, you know, maybe there's Chinese communist or Russian communist parties in the United States functioning 
and trying to back some of these different you know groups or whatever. Um, and not that they would even allow those groups in their societies. It's not like they're they're for these leftist groups. Like they wouldn't allow them to function that way mm. inside of their own you know country. But they realize what our weaknesses are in that we're as a Christian nation we're liberal enough to have all these things. We're the only country that would allow mm. you know conscientious dissent. You know, and so they're using what what should be our strength, and they're using as our weakness, and they're and they're exploiting that. And so I think the civil confusion. Um, we're past and we're in civil discord, but I think it might be as big, if not bigger threat than the Chinese checkmate. Mm. So yeah, we, we need to have an army that can battle China with the right type of diplomacy and things like that. But if our people don't elect leaders that realize the cultural divide and really work on it, um, then we're going to get to civic breakdown. Yep. And if civic breakdown happens, that's when our enemies will pounce. Right. That's when our enemies will well, pounce. And, and it was the same observation of Khrushchev that we would corrupt ourselves from within. That was their that was their insight. That was their plan. Right. They've been executing it since before the '60s, really. And um, in, in Russia, even in the break breakdown of the so the former Soviet Union, still doggedly sticks to some of these core traditional values. That's what yes. that's what Putin kind of banks on right now. That he appeals to. Um, we don't want this Western invasion of ideas and right. ideas and culture coming to our people. So when um, uh, when they had perestroika and the New Deal, basically mm -hmm. that was their their mm -hmm. New Deal, and they were going to open up to the world. It's because they failed. So e either we fail and say we failed, or we say, hey, we're going to open up and we're going to take a different tack, mm -hmm. you know, like sailing. And in doing so, they just turned the red communist revolution into a green communist revolution. Mm -hmm. It was, it's godless, mm -hmm. right? God says, we're going to have seasons. We're going to have sun, moon, and stars. We're not going to, and yet the green is, people are making decisions based upon we're all going to die, mm -hmm. you know? And that's moving the government, moving taxation, and moving leadership, and moving morality, even green morality, mm -hmm. you know? So now, yeah, I abort my children, but I plant trees every year. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which makes you morally better. Yeah, in yeah. That economy. And I don't eat meat. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know that kind of thing. So there's a there's a new morality today, and that that opens up for, you know, cultural civic confusion, discord, and and breakdown. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, it's it's a it's a danger. And so the same way that you would prepare yourself for war against Chinese threats, I think um, Christian conservatives, American patriots need to prepare themselves. And that means, you know, what are the opportunities? What are the plans? What can we do? And maybe this is just an opening salvo mm -hmm. that um, America's on the brink of civil war. Mm -hmm. And so what do we have to do to fight it? What do we have to do uh, to get there? You know, in 1861, I don't think anybody wanted civil war, but Fort Sumter, you know, it happened. And then everybody had to gear up and, and spend 90 days, you know, and, you know, everybody thought that it was going to be done in 120 days. They just thought it was going to be that. And they mm -hmm. came out to watch the battles and thought it was going to be this grand thing. And it went for years. Yeah. And, and, and Civil War, quite honestly, you know, ultimately includes this idea of military battle. Yeah. But but really at, the, at, at its end is what? It's it's civil change. Right. It, it's reconstruction. Right. It's something different. So before the American Revolution and after Revolution, it's something different. Right. Uh, after the Civil, before the Civil War, after the Civil. So even in the Bible, there was Israel pre-divided kingdom and then after, never the same. Right. Their, their, so, even their temple got rebuilt, but it wasn't 
at all. Right. And, and so, yeah. so the, the these this new war has modern warfare has many fronts mm-hmm. fronts on it. Yeah. Uh, and so it. it it could be a civil war that is never a, th- a shot in earnest mm-hmm. is never fired in a sense of uh, you know, massive armies gathering together on yeah. the battlefield or or even guerrilla warfare. I mean, it's you, it, in isolated cases, right. but what hap- the result is the same fundamental change. Yeah, we are not what we were before. That's what Obama said. Obama says, you know, we I'm, are the change. We're yeah. going to bring fundamental change. I just want to say one thing about Obama. He only had one spoken, mandated foreign policy thing that he wanted. Like, he did, his foreign policy was just blank. And the only thing that he came out and said that he wanted was the Sykes-Picot lines, which is the those crazy lines between Lebanon, Syria, Israel, Jordan, Those just those funky lines all the way down to Saudi Arabia. You know, those are the borders that, you know, pre during World War One, you know, were drawn up as to the, the, the English and French mandates, all that kind of stuff. He wanted to undo that. Isn't that interesting? Mm. That he, he wants to come and reopen whatever that is. And it definitely has to do with with Israel mm. and, and those nations. And I mean, that's where it's at today. Yeah. That, that's a, a big blob of who's in charge and who's what and who's where. Right. And it, it's a it's a chaos, you know, in that in that sort of realm. And the differences are a matter of feet. And, and well the it, thing is the, I think they're not straight lines. I think he knew that that would undo uh, Europe mm. that would undo the Black Sea, Russia, Ukraine. That would undo Africa. That would you know that's a spot that's gonna it's a Gordian knot, and if we create chaos there, it's gonna be reflective. So, you know, one of the things in in, in civic unity is not civic capitulation. It's just a clear definition and standing there and keep bellowing mm. that and, mm. and fighting for that. And I mean, elections are important. I don't know if we'll have another good one. Um, I think if everything disbanded and there was civil discord and maybe a sense of divil and, and the United States was questionable, what is it? Maybe it's 10 things, you know, who knows? Um, I think in my mind and heart as a Christian, I would still look to, to the United States as maybe we look back to proper Israel. Mm-hmm. Or I would, look, I would look, you know, back to the United States as we, as we do glorified England mm-hmm. or something and, and, and look at the best of those principles and still stick, stick by them like the rights of man. And, you know, God-given rights and, and those kinds of things, property ownership and those kinds of things. And so those principles have to be held. They have to be discussed with your family. They have to be, you know, it, it can't just be what's on TV at 8 o'clock tonight. Mm. You know, that we, we got to shut shut that off, shut off the voice of the world and be purposeful to what's going on. And uh, again, civic unity isn't going to come about by uh, civic capitulation. You know, preachers that just wait. Well, let that all be. I'm just going to preach the gospel. Um, that's civic capitulation. Right. Oh yeah. And so Christians to, are to not to, speak. Yeah. To not say. To not create the lines of demarcation. Those are things that we're doing right now. And yeah, you know, uh, putting into the public sphere Christian ideals or biblical ideas, and just draw the line. Yeah. And there's two sides of it. I mean, Jesus drew lines all the way. Yeah. Wide is the path, narrow is the way. Sheep, goat, yeah. wheat, tares. Mm-hmm. There's always a line. Yeah. There's always a line. And and so we have to hold to that and believe in it. And, and you know, our country's been resilient. It, it can come back and come back stronger. You know, we, we've got to believe that and pray for that. If not, we got to be prepared to serve God no matter what. Right, right. right? Serve, serve God no matter what. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Let's make sure that, you know, if we're in a nation whose God's not the Lord, that let God do with it what he will. Mm-hmm. 
But let's fight that God is Lord. That's, that's uh, the main fight. Remember, the best culture is a Bible culture. It's proven and it works.